Ooey Gooey was a worm. Remember him? Well, today's podcast is not about him. It's about the graphical user interface. The tale began when Xerox PARC introduced Alto, the first modern personal computer supporting a GUI. In this episode, 2244, Bill and Sean Johnston, CG Bros, will be talking about how GUIs work when they answer the commonly asked question, how does user experience influence GUI design? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, welcome. If you're a regular listener, it's great to see you again and welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, we'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Maureen H. from Bristol, England. And Maureen asks, how is CGI used in interface design? Yes, and by the end of our discussion today, you should have a better understanding of how CGI is used to create compelling interface designs, as well as some basic principles on the process and some top software you can use today to create some successful UI designs uh, of your own that most people uh, will connect with, because that's, that's, a, that's a huge part of UI design. And also be sure to stay to the end of our podcast today, because we will be reading some of your testimonials that you've been kind enough to send to us. I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision and Sony Computer Entertainment and Bungie, just to name a few. And uh, Sean? Yeah, and I'm Sean Johnston, a professional CG artist and animator, veteran also in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. But who's, who's bragging now? Today, I'm currently a full-time animation director for a small startup. That's a great question, Maureen. Bill, you want to start or you want me to start... Well, you know, I had a few thoughts on on just, you know, generally, right. uh, you know, since the dawn of computer, Sean, uh, developers and designers have really dreamed and, and, and so have I actually, you know, I've, I've, I've been quite a fan of interface design and, and uh, especially the graphical part of it. Uh, but basically that creating that human computer interaction. Um, and uh, it's the, the, the subject is really kind of interesting to me because it kind of touches on that. And, you know, it's one of the most, you know, how, how the interface is designed and, and how it's laid out is, is, a, is really important because it's, it's, it, it kind of moves us from some of the more archaic uh, things. I don't know if you remember, Sean, when we first kind of got into computers, uh, you know, gosh, back in the 80s. Not uh, me. <laughs> betraying her. <laughs> but, but, I mean, remember we were doing most, most everything using a text-based command line. Uh, you know, you look, look, looking at Xtree. I mean, Xtree oh, yeah. was... I mean, that's, that's a great example right there of, of uh, what we had to deal with. Well, you know, there's also the difference between what a lot of people can kind of can use synonymously as UX uh, and UI. The main difference uh, in mind uh, is UX is the design, uh, is design is all about the overall feel or, or the experience. Um, and while the UI is all about how the product interface looks and functions. So for example, you, you know, you, UX could be how you uh, handle a remote control, you know, that, that tactile, you're actually touching something. Um, UI is like uh, when you have a screen, a UI, um, you know, interface for your phone, your, you know, some type of screen you're interacting with. So that's where it comes down to the, it's, it's actually the interaction, UI, you know, user interface has, you know, inter face is usually where you interact. And so that's, that is, that's the main difference. And that's really the kind of, you know, we've kind of touched on this in, in past podcasts and, you know, but, you know, interface design is, is really the way that you not only visualize, but you, but you interact. And the UI is the, is it's, 
well, it is, you have to interact with it visually. I mean, otherwise you're using the command line like I was talking about. And so it's basically, you know, the way you visually, uh, you visualize the data, which is basically what you're doing. And we've done a podcast on that as well. But what you're looking at basically in an interface is, is, is data represented visually that you can interact with. Um, and, you know, if, if, if it's anything I've learned in my experience, you know, is presenting data uh, that in any kind of way, really, that others can easily understand is a real challenge because, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of abstract in a way. And so it's up to interpretation. So it's, it's a pretty amazing, uh, and, and there's some, been some great advances in this area. Yes, and remember, there's, we're all humans, so we need to, these things need to be thought about in, in, in depth, actually. I never really thought about it, um, you know, because we have UI, UX, UI people uh, at our company, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an important um, to communicate the correct, you know, some of the things that you would uh, uh, look at on your screen when you're playing a game, for example. You know, you, you want to have certain features to draw your attention, you know, based on color, mm -hmm. brightness and contrast. Um, and then there's also, you know, wh how, how the whole flow of that person going from screen to screen to screen. Um, you know, I never really thought about it, in, in, you know, because I'm constantly doing stuff in animation i don't really interact with the uh the ui artists and, and programmers in, you know daily but there are certain times when i have and and I, I didn't realize how how well thought that kind of stuff and and, and I, I do see the changes day to day in, in my typical work day um you know seeing things go, go onto the screen and, and as soon as i play the game i see more and more things and you know there's a lot of information like you said you want to you want to get to the person that's interacting with it and it's and it's really a there are some basic principles obviously and we can discuss those uh going forward here yeah so i want to show you kind of a, a basic uh you know here here was one of the you know steve oh, yeah. jobs uh, was uh, you know i guess with user interfaces if you will uh this is an early apple apple interface but uh, this really was a, a i mean when you think about why the apple computer became so universal and why it became so important was just because of interfaces that, you know, it looks simple enough, but when you think about what an advancement and what a leap it, it was, you know, to command line. Yes. Well, there's also, uh, since you're mentioning uh, Steve Jobs, you, it's obvious we, we saw, you know, Steve introduced uh, the iPhone to uh, at Mac World, Mac World on January 9th in 2007. And uh, obviously it looked nothing like anybody had ever seen before. Um, it wasn't simply just a phone. It was actually um, an, an interface that, that basically, they, they call it, they, they had it simplified, um, but it was a, a skeuomorphic, uh, if I'm saying that right, design and, and flat design. And basically what that means is it's skeuomorphism is, is a design concept basically that um, makes items that's represented in your interface uh, resemble real world counterparts. So uh, you, you'll see that like real buttons that look like buttons. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. This is a skeuomorphic plant uh, design. You know, it looks, you've got drop shadows and you've got highlights and shadows to create some depth. Um, and so you have uh, textures versus a 2D flat design, which people would normally see. Um, so in, in reference to this, this is another example, let's say on the iPhone, where you have an interface that looks like a real, um, you know, buttons are, look real the speaker looks real or the actual dial you're ro rotating around looks real. So those, that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and I think that was, that was a revolution. I mean, obviously we had Windows 3.1, and, and, but this, this stuff looks so real. I mean, it, it's so high, high def, right? 
I mean, that's really what you're looking at now. You're actually interface. You know, you want it to feel like it's a real. Um, you're you're fooling your brain thinking it's real buttons, right? Yes, and that's where CGI, the power of CGI comes in, is because you're bringing that graphical part of, of CGI, you're bringing that part to the equation and translating the data into a visual format or basically just, just the interface into a visual format that makes it easy for humans to understand and, and manipulate, particularly manipulate or interface with, because that's really the key. And, you know, we, for me, human-centered design, it, it's, it's really inspirational and, and you know, uh, because that means people will actually start, you know, if, if the, the, the easier it is for humans to use, the, the, the better the experience is going to be and the more the more people are going to be able to do with it and, and the more popular, I mean, the more useful that software or whatever you're interfacing with is going to be. I agree. There's, um, there's also, um, if we go back to the original um, uh, UX design, there's, there's, it goes back uh, to, I guess there's, there's like some golden rules uh, back in 1995, um, which uh, Ben Schneiderman had these eight golden rules of, of user interface design. He kind of pioneered the concept behind those golden rules. For example, is striving for consistency, uh, meaning that the, you know using the same design patterns and sequences of actions are similar uh, in situations throughout the application. So you get that consistency going on. You got your style guides, which basically is a, this is a source of knowledge about how you, you use colors and fonts and logos. Um, that basically uh, your organization communicates with the users. Um, there's, you're seeking uh, universal usability, um, which basically means you shouldn't limit yourself to considering the needs of just one target group when designing an application. So there's a lot that's going on you know, for that. Um, yeah. Tool tips, things like that. Offer informative feedback. Uh, design dialogue to, um, to, to yield closure, basically. Um, that's especially, you know, consists of several steps that make sure your, your user sees an appropriate message or maybe receives some kind of uh, reward at the end of the whole process. Um, and so there's also preventing errors. Uh, your ideal application obviously is one that, uh, in which the user makes no mistakes and you want to guide your user through the entire process smoothly and uh, seamlessly. I'm not going to go into all eight, but that's, you get the idea of that. Yeah, and good, good UIs are, are are really more than just a creation of uh, charts and graphics. So they're 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 part uh, art. They're they're part uh, you know, and, and more than anything, they're 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 human centered. And it's it's all about you know, it's not that Sean, honestly, it's not that different than telling a story. Um, That's true. You know, in a way that compels your audience to to understand and internalize the data that you're that you're trying to present to them in the form of the UI, um, because that the whole point of of using you know graphical unit. You know, GUIs, if you will, um, is to visualize and interface with. Really, it's it's with data, and 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 to make to make that data you know appear in a form that's easy to understand by others, like you said, and universally, not just by one group or another. Um, and and that's that's really a challenge. And it's you know, and the data is really a story. It's told in numbers, but but you know, we have to visualize those numbers somehow, and and, and not, maybe not the numbers themselves, but how they relate to each other, and we do that in a graphical manner, and that's, you know, being able to, to understand that in a graphical, you know, understand the story graphically is is really an incentive to interface with the story through the AI, uh, or through, excuse me, through the UI. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty compelling, especially with some of the, the technolo technological advances, we'll touch on that a little, in a little bit, but um, you know, it's just really exciting and, and turns basically data into something that you know was was boring and you know tr you know tiresome to, to drudge through to something really exciting to, to interface with. Yes, and you know, design process process of, of those uh, prototypes or I'm sorry, the the actual UI. You you start with 
uh, prototype. Uh, and then there's also your, the process. Uh, you do industry research for that. And basically there's, there's some best design practices for, for based on the particular product, which is your industry research on a product. If you're going to work on something for a company um, and you look at the, what is the state of the art of that product currently? Um, and then there's also the user flow. And so basically what that, what that is the logic of how the user goes from one page to the next. And then there's lots of sketching that goes on. Believe it or not, a lot of people will sketch uh, on paper and, and, and lay that whole thing out. And then there's also what they call wireframing, which is basically almost like a bare bones blueprint for your product, which can be sketches on paper for low, low fi. And then there's also the, 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 the um, high fi product basically is the, when you're building a design using system grids and auto layout and a lot of software programs have those for you to use. And then of course you're doing prototyping at the end and interactions and then usability testing. So a lot of that whole process of creating the whole user experience or user designed, um, you know, experience for the consumer or whoever's using your, your product. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really kind of a neat process. I really never knew, you know, until doing the research for this. Yes. And the nice thing about some of the new graphical user interfaces is they, 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 they're such a, you know, it's, people are so used to, to the old stuff. I mean, you've got windows and icons and menus and you get your mouse pointer and stuff like that. Or, or like I was talking about the command user interface, but this, the, the new uh, GUIs that are coming out are, are, are really kind of amazing. Here's just, here's a representation of one, but it, it kind of talks about, uh, goes to what you're showing on the, uh, on your iPhone, you know, and the, the power of, of graphical user inter, gra graphical user GUI. interface. Just say Sorry, GUI. GUI. I'm just going to say GUI. <laughs> or GUI. Is, is think about it. It's just, it lowers the learning curve for, for all, all, for any application that you're, that's inter, you know, it's using it as an interface. I mean, with GU, GUIs, you, you don't have to learn specific commands or, or even really know how to use a computer, Sean. It's that, that's the power of it. I think, I think what you said earlier is, is kind of interesting um, about it telling a story. I almost think that a lot of times um, some GUIs get, you know, overthought. And I think, I think if you can get a really nice balance, which basically, I mean, you can even get some people to just sit in front of it for a long period of time, just because it's so interesting looking. And I think, you know, they have this suspension of dis disbelief looking at it and going, how this looks so realistic. And they kind of sit there in front of it for a longer period than, than they maybe if it was just text, obviously, where it's, you know, it's hard to look at. Because if you look at um, you're de designing particular games, well, let, let me go back. Uh, what do we use uh, a lot of this UI for? You know, you can use website design, app design, of course, marketing campaigns and game designs, which we already discussed. But looking through it, you see, you know, uh, UI at the very beginning of a game uh, when we're prototyping, it's all like, you know, simple what they call programmer art, which has, you know, red boxes with text in it. And you, you click on it and it's like very boring. But as soon as you see it from the final to the, to the or the, the beginning to the end or final and it's this incredible thing that uh, has a glint across it and, and explodes and you hear sounds and you see, you know, see it maybe even animated. And, and I mean, that's really kind of a cool, beautiful process. I, it's so fun. It's so fun. Well, I'll tell you, I, that, that is interesting. When, when uh, I, 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 sometimes that it can go in the other, other direction too. I've seen, I've seen interfaces and, and designs, particularly in the game, games and there. That's, you know, that's where we mo mostly see uh, graphical user, user interfaces these days, but they're really moving into other areas such as medical uh, design medical use. And we'll, we'll talk about maybe some of those touch on those in a bit, but, but for me, Sean, it, some of these interfaces, I mean, are overloaded. I mean, they're trying, I mean, 
for me anyway. Maybe that's just me, but it's, it seems like they're trying to show me too much information, and and I don't know if there's such a thing. Maybe it's just a, a, my ability to digest it all, and you know, visually. Um, but, right. but I think I think I think the key is to is to optimize both the content and and the and the function, um, you know, for fast scanning, so you can get the critical things, you know, that you need the information you need, you know, pr- primarily, and then all that other background information kind of maybe you can layer in or something. It just right. Some of these interfaces in these in these games are just really really busy. It's hard for well, me to keep track. Yes, of I mean I think go back to go to the Wayback Machine and look at look at old interfaces or web, for example, websites. Um, you know, look how bad they looked. At the very beginning, which we thought looked cool, but I mean, compared to today, where everything is that schematic looking, I mean, it's beautiful. It looks 3D. It looks, you know, all that stuff is there. But just, just kind of interesting, real quick. I just, um, if you know, based on uh, which I didn't realize is, you know, there was a, the USS Vincennes had a control system, and they had a bad interface that basically um, was super important, right? And it and it cost them time and money. Um, but basically it mistook because of the bad interface design it mistook an Iranian air flight 655 as a, a civilian flight for a warplane and fired two missiles unfortunately and uh, tragically killed you know 290 people so it's really important too in that respect uh, in our military right having a good interface design because that can cost lives so well can you imagine yeah flying an f-16 or f-22 or f-35 whatever they're, they're they're flying or bike you know stealth fighter whatever and and you know you've got this head in front of you and and you can't make heads or tails of it, <laughs> right? All those information Uh-oh, just fire. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be able to to understand. It has to be easily digestible. Uh, right. No, I agree. And in, in in films, they they call a lot of the things you see in films today fantasy UIs. You know, obviously, you see Avatar and some examples. You're probably going to show, like for example, here in Thor. You know, these these fantasy ideas or fooies they call them, which are really really cute, right? Cute term. Um, but things that don't exist in real life and, but they have to be visually intuitive for you to pick up quickly because you have a certain amount of time you're sending, you know, in this, in a, in a movie, for example, you know, basically say you need to understand what's happening in about 24, 24 frames or less. Um, and so usually that's the typical, you know, uh, 24 frames is, is basically a second, um, or 30 frames a second, whatever you, whatever you shot it at. But anyway, those are the things like, for example, black mirror, this one right here. Um, has a bunch of fantasy stuff that doesn't exist in real life where you're touching the screen on a, on a, in your car. doesn't mean that that won't happen. It probably will at some point because that's kind of an interesting concept, right? Yes, it is. And here's an example of a guy doing just that. Here's a, it's basically the, there's sensors around that are kind of watching his motion, tracking his, his, his uh, actions and moving them between the, the interfaces so he can do what he's doing there on the, on the projection screen. He can move over to the desktop and slide stuff around. It's pretty amazing, pretty amazing technology. Um, and it's, it, this is just an example of what it's being used for. Another one is uh, that this more entertainment uh, driven is, is going to be uh, this ocean sandbox for kids. Well, not just for kids. I've actually experienced this. It's very cool at the nature center, the science science center at Ruben H. Fleet space theater. They have one of these here in San Diego, but basically it's tracking the surface of the, of the uh, sand pile, projecting colors and based and sense, you know, basically reading the the, the surface. But that looks fun. And and where they're making little valleys and stuff, their their water's flowing through and fish thro- flow through. It, it's just amazing, a lot of fun, a lot of fun, especially for you know young kids. And this is a great way to teach them science as well. I mean, this is a great example of, of a really creative graphical user interface that pe- most people probably haven't seen. Right. Um, I mean, just think here, of. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, just think of all the things that you're seeing, you're showing right there, 
how much uh, you know in movies you you have those fooies that inspired new designers coming up through you know um, you know college and and things like that and and, and new technologists and their creations and so a lot of those things are in, inspired by um, uh, you know movies uh, and so you see a lot of that uh, in in movies at all I mean or today you know yeah here's a here's a great uh, great example of uh, some some uh, movie graphics this is iron some well I'm gonna Basically, what most people are familiar with is just basically the the H the HUDs we've been talking about in, in Iron Man. And here's a, a couple of great examples uh, of Iron Man's HUD. And what's really kind of cool about these is they 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 use head tracking. I mean, this obviously you know, this this isn't real, of course, but you know, uh, graphical inter interfaces actually can interface uh, in the VR and AR worlds, uh, and they do they use head tracking and spatial tracking, if you will, which is you know. Basically tracking your head, but uh, you know, gaming consoles use that. With uh, I don't know what was it, uh, uh, the Wii, Wii's use that. Um, but uh, you know, the spatial technology. And and here's an example of just some of the really cool UI uh, that they're they're using. And people today are using uh, 3D UIs uh, in all sorts of ways. Um, just very similarly to this, they're starting to 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 uh, create them. Just because they're 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 yeah, usable. Inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean this. Here's an example from uh, uh, Call of Duty, a, a video game. So this particular um, video was by Ash Thorpe, and he did these these particular screens for uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare that came out a few years back. But he's one of my favorite artists, by the way. I just want to, uh, man, Ash Thorpe is amazing. But uh, he he uh, designed these screens here that you would see in the game, and those would be you know mapped onto obviously uh, computer screens and things like that, but they're just almost mesmerizing. There's not, I mean, there's data, it looks like there's important information going on in here. Um, here's another one from Total Recall. Um, and this, this, is, this is neat too, where he did some, some screens for this entire movie, um, along with uh, things that uh, the main character was interacting with, like touch screens, almost like Minority Report, very, very similar kind of, thing where you're touching a screen and he's like sliding things almost like you were showing earlier across uh the way almost you know like his hand and everything like that that's those oh, I've, got that. Right I've got that actually right here oh you <laughs> do oh it's one of my it's, it's okay my well favorite. then you can show you can okay. show okay oh did you have that too uh i did but it was just i didn't have a minority report but that's oh, okay but i was All just right. thinking that in my head you didn't even that's funny Oh, I got it queued up. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty awesome. I mean, this is one of always. I mean, a great example, and this and we've shown this uh, in past podcasts. But it is yeah. a really great example. And you know what's really uh, what I really like about this is is that you know the graphical inter interfaces that we're going to be using, Sean, are going to be in either augmented reality worlds or VR uh, applications. You know, I just think of the metaverse and and, and places, you know, other things like museums and work sites. I mean, this is going to be a this is coming up, you guys. Um, mm -hmm. Just an amazing it. technology using, you know, it looks just like Minority Report there. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's, there's also, uh, this one's pretty cool, where he's touching the screen. This is uh, from Adam uh, Blumert. He's, a, he's an artist out of uh, Warsaw, Pol uh, Warsaw uh, Poland, I believe. Um, and he's a motion graphics and compositing uh, artist. And so kind of very similar stuff that you're seeing right now, the sexy black table with uh, schematics on there where you're just zooming in and out. And that's, I think that's happening. I haven't seen any of this, but I, I've seen it on like uh, news shows where they're, you know, they're, you know, after the voting for uh, presidential elections or something, they're, they're actually spinning these things around and looking at these things. They're not as, as sexy as this though. But anyway, I thought that was a really cool example. 
Well, why don't we go ahead and talk about some of the software that you can use to create uh, some of these cool graphical inter user interfaces. And it's, it's typically your 3D software. I mean, the, basically what you just need is the data behind to drive the, 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 the graphics. And uh, you know, here's a, if you don't want to create it yourself, uh, I just wanted to mention, you can go to Video Hive where they have, this is all you know, footage you can download. This, this particular footage is, uh, I guess, biology or, or you know, uh, medical. And they have a whole sort of, you know, basically a whole library of different categories that you can use from biomedical to, to you know, uh, navigational to geographical to uh, uh, you know, spatial. Just uh, quite, a, quite a cool uh, variety. So check that out. Um, yeah, and there's also, there's, there's a software called um, uh, Figma, which is kind of, a, it's, it's a website. Actually, you can go there and, and it's for design and prototyping. And they've got a free version you can, you can mess with. Um, and then there's a professional edition, which is like 12 bucks a month. Um, and then there's also Sketch, which is a vector graphics, allows for drawing. And then basically what I was talking about, uh, wireframing and prototyping. Um, and then there's, of, of course, Adobe XD. That's, a, that's another vector-based UI tool uh, packed with a huge bunch of features. And, um, you know, you can do collaborative design and prototyping there as well. But there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of programs out there like UX Pin and Marvel and, Fig, and like I said, Figma. Uh, InVision Studio is another one. But we're out of time. Can't go out anymore. Well, we gotta, why, don't, why don't we go ahead and jump into the uh, mailbag? Uh, yeah, today. mailbag. We want to go, go ahead and talk uh, about some testimonials. Testimonials. So you, you first. All right. Uh, very good. The first uh, testimonial we received uh, is from Ostris Rudzinskis. Please forgive me if I didn't pronounce your name right, Ostris. I think I got the Ostris right. Um, one. The CG Bros is the biggest animation platform on YouTube. You know, you're not you're not far off. If if, if we're not the biggest, we I think we are the biggest. We're up actually. there. <laughs> um, two, amazing community. Yeah, we do. We, we pride ourselves on, on getting some of the best uh, community of artists uh, out there today. And three, highest quality content. Well, thank you, Ostris. We, we, we have a special screening process that we use to really you know, try to highlight the, the high quality content that new media producers out there are creating. Well, I'll tell you what, we love testimonials. This is our favorite thing to read. Uh, Terrence Albrecht, uh, he says, I appreciate... The standard and quality of the CG Bros, uh, well, the work the CG Bros feature on their platforms, as I have yet to uh, make it in the animation industry, it's my hope that the CG Bros will shine light on my work and possibly put me in touch with other creators and producers from around the world so that I can be involved in exciting new projects. Terrence, you, you man, you've got the right attitude. You keep going. You're going you're gonna to make it. Yeah, and that's actually happened. We've actually uh, been able to, to put people in touch, or they've gotten in touch with each other, and, yeah. and even got jobs based on some of their work here on, on our channel. Uh, this last comment is from Alexandre Mio. Uh, oh, I like that. I is that like Meow? Meow? Yeah, or Meow. <laughs> could be Meow. Uh, I like, uh, excuse me, I followed CG Bros since almost nine years now, and even if the market targets have changed, Getting featured on your channel has always been a dream for me. Well, you know, it's 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 a great way to get yourself uh, promoted out there. I mean, there's an ocean. YouTube every day. YouTube is putting up. I think it's three hundred. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's three, like billion. three million hours or something like that. <laughs> uh, some uh, some outrageous amount of uh, yeah. And it's hard to be found out there in the ocean of YouTube, and it's getting harder every day. So CG Bros is is a great place to to get your support team. Yes, well, we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today and uh, let you know that we do them exclusively for you. And we had a great time answering Maureen's question, how is CGI used in interface design? Uh, we hope you learned something that you didn't know along the way because it's uh, our philosophy that you should learn at least one thing new every week, uh, whether you need to or not. Uh, we enjoyed our conversation. Hope you did too. And if you did, 
please share it around with some of your friends. Also do us a favor and hit that like button too because it helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in CGI and the cool things that we talk about here on the CG Bros Podcast. Uh, by the way, if you've got a subject you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, don't be shy. Let us know. Uh, go to our website, thecgbros.com, up to the About Us tab and click on Ask Us Anything drop down and submit it just like Maureen did. Well, I tell you what, I'm sorry I over uh, started uh, talking over you, my bro. We're always looking to improve our podcast and would like to know what you think. So please leave us a comment. If you do, no guarantees. We may even read it during one of our future podcasts. And just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. Also, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today, as well as some revealing VFX breakdowns behind the scenes. Those are really cool. We're looking forward to seeing you here next week. For next, year's, next week's podcast, we'll be answering another great fan question. What is volumetric video? That sounds what, huge. What is it? That's Stay huge. Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> we'll see you here next week. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how does user experience influence GUI design? Thanks for being with us. If you watched this on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information, delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, cgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what is volumetric video? This has been episode 2244 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.